This audiobook of the original America Burning was produced by the Firefighter Podcast Combustible. More details on this project can be found online at www.combustiblethepodcast.com. The audio for this recording is consistent with all copyright rights and permissions associated with America Burning and is not affiliated with or endorsed in any way by the federal government or the U.S. Fire Administration. Chapter 15. Fire Safety Education Among the many measures that can be taken to reduce fire losses, perhaps none is more important than educating people about fire. Americans must be made aware of the magnitude of fire's toll and its threat to them personally. They must know how to minimize the risk of fire in their daily surroundings. They must know how to cope with fire quickly and effectively once it has started. Public education about fire has been cited by many commissioned witnesses and others as the single activity with the greatest potential for reducing losses. In the commission's poll of those who live daily with destructive fire, fire service personnel, 98% of those who replied agreed that there is a need for greater education of the public in fire safety. Two-thirds agreed that most fires occur because of public apathy toward good fire prevention practices. The larger the population served, the stronger was the tendency to be in agreement with this view. To what extent apathy would be better labeled ignorance, or merely low-priority concern, can only be guessed. In the Commission's estimate, about 70% of the fires that occur in buildings can be attributed to the careless acts of people, and together these fires caused by human action account for more than $800 million in property losses, Table 15-1. It is these fires that should be the special target of educational efforts designed to prevent them from happening. The prevention of fires due to human carelessness is not all that fire safety education can hope to accomplish. Many fires caused by faulty equipment, rather than carelessness, could be prevented if people were training to recognize hazards, and many injuries and deaths could be prevented if people knew how to react to a fire, whatever its cause. As one writer has summed up the problem, a significant factor contributing to the cause and spread of fire is human failure. Failure to recognize hazards and take adequate preventive measures. Failure to act intelligently at the outbreak of the fire. Failure to take action which would limit damage. These failures cannot be legislated out of existence. They must be dealt with through education. Day in and day out, firefighters see the evidence of human failure. They see pennies in fuse boxes and 30 ampere fuses where 15 ampere fuses ought to be. They see the tragic consequences of trash or flammable liquids stored near furnaces, overloaded electrical circuits, gas heaters improperly vented. They find the victims of fire who have died in their sleep because they failed to take the routine precaution of always sleeping with bedroom doors closed. And when they can get to them, they find the charred bodies of those who took a fatal gamble with fire, who opened a hot door, who dashed through smoke instead of crawling along the floor, who might have survived the gauntlet if they had held a wet cloth over nose and mouth. Organizations like the National Fire Protection Association and the National Safety Council have based their fire safety messages on these common failings. See box, page 115. Firefighters and others have brought these messages into the homes and classrooms of America, and still, thousands of Americans die needlessly every year. Public education reduces deaths and injuries. A cynic might remark that this widespread ignorance shows that Fire Prevention Week, school programs in fire safety, and all the posters and pamphlets on fire prevention are wasted efforts. 
Yet, we do not know how much worse the nation's fire record would be if there were no educational efforts. Moreover, we do not know that public education programs can dramatically reduce fire losses. Two studies supported by the Bureau of Community Environmental Management, an arm of the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare, provided evidence of this. Though small in scope, the studies are among the few in which results of fire prevention efforts have been measured. Between 1966 and 1969, an intensive fire safety education program was directed at an area of southeast Missouri where the fire death rate was far higher than the national average. The first step was to study the pattern of fires and burn injuries and their causes. Then, a field staff was trained to administer the program. Civic groups, fire departments, local officials, and the mass media cooperated with the program. The public got fire safety messages every way they turned, from audiovisual demonstrations, educational programs, and media broadcasts. The result? The fire death rate dropped 43% in three years, from 12.9 to 7.4 per 100,000 population. For each dollar invested in the program, $20 were saved in anticipated property losses, medical expenses, and earning losses. Two years after the pilot program was terminated, the death rate was still falling, five times faster than that of the rest of the state. A similar study had been carried out eight years earlier in Mississippi County, Arkansas. There, studies showed that misuse of electrical wiring systems and petroleum products, plus use and storage of flammable products near heating units, led other causes of fire. The public education program emphasized these problems. Following the first year of the education program, there were only half as many burn injuries requiring medical treatment as the year before. This favorable trend continued during ensuing years. A number of incidents in recent years have demonstrated that when people have fire safety on their minds, fires decrease in numbers. In each incident, people were fire conscious because they knew normal fire protection was not available to them. It happened in a Midwestern city when a severe snowstorm immobilized all traffic, including fire trucks. It happened in several American cities in the late 1960s when fire departments were tied up in riot-torn areas. It has happened when fire departments have been battling landslides or coping with floods. In each case, the number of fires dwindled to a fraction of the normal. A striking example of long-term success in fire safety education is the Smokey Bear campaign. That effort, supported by federal and state forest agencies, has been described as the country's most successful program of environmental protection. For 30 years, public service advertising has urged Americans to prevent forest fires. During these years, man-caused forest fires have been reduced from about 200,000 annually to about 105,000 in 1971. This reduction was achieved even though the land area for which statistics are kept has doubled and the number of days of recreation use has increased about tenfold. A doubling of the acreage alone would be expected to have resulted in 400,000 fires annually, but, as indicated, only 105,000 occurred. This overall reduction by 75% in the number of fires which would otherwise be expected to occur, assuming that the increased exposure to people leads in equal measure to chance of fire and the chance of early detection, has helped save $17 billion in natural resources over the 30-year period. The cost of this program to federal and state agencies is about $488,000 per year, with approximately $40 million in service donated by the nation's radio and television stations, newspapers, magazines, and the Advertising Council.
current efforts to reach the public. Though we as a nation have not made the commitment to fire safety education that we ought, a number of efforts by professional societies, the insurance industry, fire departments, and other governmental agencies are reaching some portion of the American people effectively. Private Organizations Through posters and pamphlets, 17 million distributed last year, the National Fire Protection Association brings a fire safety message to millions of Americans every year. The National Fire Protection Association is instrumental in promoting the annual Fire Prevention Week campaign, the Sparky the Fire Dog campaign in schools, and seasonal fire prevention campaigns in the spring and at Christmas. The American Insurance Association annually distributes more than 26 million pamphlets to schools, hospitals, and other organizations. Its films reach an audience of more than 2 million people each year. Through the special training it provides to thousands of fire inspectors working for insurance companies, the American Insurance Association has an indirect but considerable effect on public education. Insurers in the industrial and commercial sectors, notably the Factory Mutual System and the Factory Insurance Association, affect the safety of millions of Americans at their places of work through Council on Fire Prevention Engineering, inspections, and distribution of publications, films, and posters. In addition, a number of insurance companies reach the public with fire safety messages. Pilot efforts have been made to teach fire safety in deteriorated neighborhoods where the fair access to insurance requirements, FAIR, plan is in operation. Under the FAIR plan, subject to the Federal Insurance Administration, companies agree to insure properties that would not qualify under ordinary requirements. Limited experience has shown that the efforts work only if support is won from local community leaders. Lastly, the Fire Equipment Manufacturers Association distributes about 200,000 fire extinguisher selection charts and several million extinguisher operation manuals every year. The Federal Government With the very contrasting exception of the Forest Service's Smokey Bear program, the Federal Government is involved in only a limited way in fire safety education except as it affects government installations. Each federal agency has responsibility for internal fire prevention. There is a federal fire council that pulls together federal fire law statistics, serves as a clearinghouse and central library of fire literature for the federal agencies, and sponsors a limited program of fire safety training for government personnel. Unfortunately, the activities of the federal fire council have been extremely limited in recent years. There is no program in the federal government directed toward the public at large to prevent fire losses. Fire Departments Local fire departments make significant contributions to public education through inspections of dwellings and commercial establishments, through distribution of reading material on fire safety, and through cooperation with schools. In sum, a variety of ways are being tried to heighten public consciousness of fire safety. The very fact that the educational efforts come from a multiplicity of sources in a variety of ways probably serves to heighten public awareness of fire safety. Yet it is safe to assume, given the sheer number of efforts, that some programs are far less effective than others. What is needed is a mechanism for evaluating these programs so that weak efforts can be replaced by coordinated support of efforts of proven effectiveness. Fire Safety Education in the Schools Habits of fire safety are best instilled during the years of childhood, especially since youngsters are particularly prone to fire accidents. That fire safety education in schools can be effective is illustrated by a pilot study supported by the Bureau of Community Environmental Management of HEW. In 1971, 
A demonstration project was begun in Memphis, Tennessee to determine the effectiveness of teaching safety concepts to young school children. 43 elementary school teachers attended a 22-hour series of workshops on an injury control curriculum. Emphasis was placed on teaching burn prevention concepts. The teachers returned to their classes and taught what they had learned to 1,016 children, ranging from kindergarten to the third grade. In the study area, burn injuries have decreased by 17%, while in a control area with similar population, burn injuries have increased by 100%. Because of the success of the pilot project, safety education is now being taught to all elementary school children in the Memphis school system. How do other schools measure up? In an attempt to learn how much fire safety education in schools is required throughout the nation, we wrote to the Board of Education in each of the 50 states, asking about programs in fire safety. 42 states replied to our request. Of these, seven reported that they have no state program of fire education. Four of these, Arkansas, Kansas, Tennessee, and Alaska, which has the highest fire fatality and personal loss record in the nation, expressed interest in starting a fire education program and asked the Commission's help. It seems safe to assume that the eight that did not reply have no program. Among the states requiring fire safety education, Iowa, Minnesota, and New York appear to have the most complete curricula in the field. New York law calls for 15 minutes of fire education a week in all grades, kindergarten through ninth grade, over and above time spent on fire drills while Minnesota requires 60 minutes a week of health and fire education. While some states do have legal requirements and well-developed curricula, conversations with state officials reveal that implementation of these programs is not well enforced or programs are non-existent in many schools. One state teaches the dangers of ammunition, homemade bombs, and fireworks in the second grade, but does not get around to the subject of matches until the third grade. We need to point out that the absence of a statewide fire education program does not necessarily mean that there is no fire education in the state. Local school boards, fire departments, or other groups may be filling the void, at least in part. Some communities have exemplary programs. In Santa Ana, California, a city of 165,000 people, an imaginative program in the classrooms is supplemented by demonstrations by the fire department, a parade at the end of fire prevention week, a poster contest, and a carnival for schoolchildren in May. Civic groups are as deeply involved in the program as the schools and the fire department. But the Santa Anas are the exception, not the rule. The nation's widespread ignorance about fire safety and the failure of many states to provide even minimal education in the subject underscore the need for federal intervention. The Commission recommends that the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare include in accreditation standards fire safety education in the schools throughout the year. Only schools presenting an effective fire safety education program should be eligible for any federal financial assistance. Because fire safety has been ignored in the education of teachers, there are few educators with the knowledge or qualifications to teach it. The Commission recommends that the proposed United States Fire Administration sponsor fire safety education courses for educators to provide a teaching cadre for fire safety education. The Commission recommends to the states the inclusion of fire safety education in programs educating future teachers and the requirement of knowledge of fire safety as a prerequisite for teaching certifications. Our concern over the lack of public education, and particularly education of the young, is by no means new. In fact, 
It was expressed a quarter of a century ago by the 1947 President's Conference on Fire Prevention, many of whose recommendations, unfortunately, remain to be implemented. That the federal government shows more interest in protecting its trees than its citizens from fire merely reflects the long-standing indifference of Americans to the problem of fire losses. But the imbalance deserves to be rectified. While the National Fire Protection Association and others are doing significant work in fire safety education, the nation is not realizing anywhere near the benefit of the potential loss reduction possible through fire safety education. The Commission believes that a significant increase in effort is necessary, and that this will only come about by the involvement of the federal government. The Commission recommends that the proposed U.S. Fire Administration develop a program with adequate funding to assist, augment, and evaluate existing public and private fire safety education efforts. The program should be directed, first of all, toward encouraging local governments and the private sector to do more, reinforcing efforts with incentives when necessary. Secondly, it should seek effective ways to reach critical target areas where special education efforts are warranted, such as young children and the vast numbers of the poor whose education is limited. Thirdly, it should develop model programs and guide local governments in their adaptation to local circumstances. Further, the Commission recommends that the proposed U.S. Fire Administration, in conjunction with the Advertising Council and the National Fire Protection Association, sponsor an all-media campaign of public service advertising designed to promote public awareness of fire safety. In developing this campaign, the U.S. Fire Administration should provide for test marketing, evaluation, and periodic revision of the messages. Major emphasis should be placed on fire prevention in the home. This campaign should include national and regional efforts by all communications media directed towards specific fire-prone groups, such as the young and the elderly. The campaign should cover seasonal fire hazards and should be geared through language, background, and program timing to the important recipients. Mass media education should not only create an awareness of fire hazards and fire safety, but should provide specific instruction on what to do and what not to do and motivate changes in attitudes and behavior. Evaluation is an especially important phase of the recommended programs. Effectiveness of fire safety messages is best not left to guesswork. The best techniques of persuasion, admittedly a field undeveloped as a science, must go into the message. The most exacting standards of testing must go into the evaluation of results. The latter is true whether results are being measured in terms of attitude changes, elimination of hazards, or decline in fire accidents. In all such testing, results should be compared with a control group consisting of a similar population that has not received the fire safety message. It would be appropriate for the U.S. Fire Administration to assist nonprofit organizations such as the National Fire Protection Association in evaluating their efforts in fire safety education. It would also be appropriate for the U.S. Fire Administration to underwrite basic studies of techniques for motivating target audiences. Special Opportunities While it is premature to say what techniques work best, two pilot projects sponsored by the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare suggest approaches that could be adopted on a much wider scale. The first of these was tried in Norfolk, Virginia in 1969. Specially trained paraprofessionals called injury control technicians went from house to house in the target area in the company of housing hygiene inspectors. The technicians acted as home environment counselors to help residents of the area identify injury hazards and, where possible, eliminate them. All kinds of hazards were pertinent, but fire hazards were a major consideration. 
The advice of the technicians was welcomed by the residents and, as a result, an average of five important hazards per household were eliminated. In the second project, now in its fifth year, 500 specially trained paraprofessionals called health educator aides are working in 36 cities. Recruited mostly from the poor neighborhoods they serve, they have proven effective in reaching the poor and altering their behavior for their own good. While most of their work has been in rodent control, HEW's Bureau of Community Environmental Management is confident HEAs could be used to improve fire safety in poor neighborhoods. If HEAs spent 10% of their time on fire safety, as the Bureau recommends, it would cost $14.6 million to bring fire safety education to the nation's 15 million disadvantaged families. The Bureau estimates that if the program reduced fire losses among this population by only 2.6%, the expenditure would be economically justified, but that a reduction of 10% is easily attainable. In addition to health aids, there are a number of Americans in occupations where, if they had special training in fire safety, they could favorably influence the safety of others. Attendants in nursing homes, hospitals, and institutions for the handicapped should have special training to handle their difficult responsibilities during fire emergencies. Evacuation is usually a slow process and, with certain patients, sometimes impossible, and emergencies can be compounded by irrational behavior of patients. Employees of restaurants, hotels, and places of public assembly should be trained to lead patrons to exits, to extinguish small fires, and to render first aid. Physicians are valued counselors on a host of subjects ranging from nutrition to behavioral problems. Their advice on fire safety could be especially important to families with young children or elderly relatives in their care. Millions of preschool children spend part of their time under the care of teachers and workers in nursery schools, daycare centers, and Head Start programs. In these contacts lie valuable opportunities for lessons in fire safety appropriate to the preschool age group. There are approximately 20,000 resident managers of major 150 to 330 units federally assisted housing facilities for low-income families. Currently, these managers are being offered training opportunities in such subjects as administration, management of physical facilities, and human and family relations by the federally funded National Center for Housing Management. If these resident managers had special training in fire safety, they could affect the well-being of 10 million Americans who live in these federally assisted housing projects. These special situations merit special attention. The Commission recommends that the proposed U.S. Fire Administration develop packets of educational materials appropriate to each occupational category that has special needs or opportunities in promoting fire safety. In many instances, these packets could be distributed by professional organizations in the private sector on a shared cost basis. While health educator aides and other paraprofessionals can supplement the residential inspection programs of fire departments by calling citizens' attention to hazards and sound practices of fire safety, they in no way diminish the need for thorough inspection programs by fire departments. Trained firefighters can bring to residential inspections an expertise exceeding that of paraprofessionals, for whom fire safety is a part-time concern. A National Program for Fire Safety Education The Commission believes that an overall reduction of at least 2% per year in life loss, property loss, and injuries is a realistic and conservative goal for a national fire safety education program. We believe that the three-part program outlined in Table 15-2 will reach that goal in the early years of implementation 
based on current fire law statistics. We emphasize that parts of the program must be designed to provide feedback information on program effectiveness, information which is essential to achieving optimum benefit, yet is usually not collected. Multimedia Public Service Education This nationwide program should be directed to the public at large through all forms possible, with an approach similar to the Smokey Bear campaign. The $1.5 million annual cost is a realistic estimate, based on previous public service campaigns. Intensive Local Education This part of the program should be aimed at that 5% of the nation's population in areas suffering from the highest loss of life from fire. Alaska, several southern states, and the poor sections of large cities. Various pilot projects have achieved significant reductions of fire incidents and burn injuries and deaths. The Arkansas pilot project mentioned earlier achieved a 50% reduction in burn injuries, while the one in Missouri resulted in a 14% reduction per year in fire deaths. The Volunteer Fire Department of East Aurora, New York, reported a 28% reduction in the number of fires and a 52% reduction in dollar losses achieved through a public education campaign. In Rochester, New York, spot announcements on television during station breaks contributed to a 15% annual reduction in smoking-related fires and an 18% annual reduction in fires caused by children in matches. Cost-effectiveness as high as 20 to 1, that is, $20 saved in losses prevented for every dollar spent on education, has been reported. Where volunteers are used or the media donates space or time, cost-benefit ratios can be even higher. Past experience shows that 760 lives lost in the high-risk 5% of our population could be reduced by 10% per year. An investment of $2.1 million each year to reach this segment of the population could be expected to reduce fire injuries by 1,900 and property losses by $4.3 million annually. Education of children in schools. Continuous education of children of elementary school age can, we believe, result in an annual 10% reduction in deaths and injuries within that group and an equal reduction in child-caused fires, especially those involving children and matches. We have estimated that for an annual cost of $6 million, specialized training can be provided for a core of fire safety educators, including both teachers and firefighters. While the payoffs from these expenditures will not be especially high in the beginning, the attitudes and habits instilled should last a lifetime, thus having a cumulatively greater effect in future years. The projected program should result in an annual saving of at least 260 lives, 6,500 injuries, and $40 million in property, at an annual cost of $9.6 million. A cost-benefit ratio for property of $4 return for every dollar invested, not to mention the incalculable savings in lives and injuries. We recognize that not everyone will respond to or even be reached by public education, but we firmly believe that it can contribute significantly to reduction of fire losses.